Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. last few seasons like for you, working your way up, being on a walk-on, and just kind of going through the evolution of almost being a college athlete? Yeah, I think, you know, I remember back to when I was just a walk-on, didn't have a role, um, and I started working on holding, and just like being able to go out there and hold was special to me. You know, I never thought I'd play or anything like that, and so... You know, having that mindset, trying to just keep that mindset of just being grateful to be able to be out there playing with my teammates, um, getting better every day, getting stronger, all that stuff. That's kind of just been the backbone of my mindset and, and just being grateful to be out there, let alone what your role is or anything like that. Race, I'm wondering, you know, with your, your grandpa wrote books about University of Washington and everything, did you grow up um, kind of idolizing this place or being a fan of this place? What was your background with it? Yeah, so I grew up coming to the games for sure. I remember that vividly. Um, park over at the Horticulture Center and walk in with my grandpa and my dad. He'd talk about the history. Um, and I was like, get me out of Seattle in high school. I wanted to go somewhere warm in, in California or somewhere where the sun was hitting you every day. And just so it worked out that um, I had the opportunity to come here. And so I couldn't pass it up. But this was definitely not in the plan or anything like that. Um, and I'm super happy with how it worked out. Do you ever have the opportunity arose to walk on and get to Washington? Do you ever have that opportunity came together? Um, yeah, so basically I didn't play football until my senior year of high school. Um, so I wasn't on the radar or recruited at all. Um, and I had a good punting season. I, I got all first team all state. And so that kind of at least did something for my name. Um, and then my stepdad is Monty Kohler, the head coach at O'Day. So he obviously has some connections and he was good friends with Coach Gregory, who was the special teams coordinator at the time. And just kind of one thing led to another. Um, and they were interested in me, at, at least as a, as a walk-on, if I could get into the school. Um, and Coach Hube, who's, I think, director of our player development now, he told me that they didn't take me seriously until they saw my basketball highlight. Um, so that was kind of, I think they just took me as kind of an athlete and figure out a position for him and, and work that out. But it was all kind of a blur. It just happened so fast my senior year, yeah. And how did you, how did you start punting when you had obviously had other sports going on? How did that kind of come into your head? Yeah, so I, uh, I transferred schools my junior year, um, and I grew up golfing. That was like my main sport, and so I was a golfer. And when I transferred, I wasn't eligible to play anymore. Um, and I went back to O'Day. And so my stepdad obviously talked me into trying out and being a receiver. Um, that was the first plan, and then they didn't have a punter leading into the first game. So... They asked if I wanted to try it out, and it wasn't too hard for me, and so that was the history of that, yeah. Was there a point there where you kind of realized, oh, I might be pretty good at this in terms of might be able to leverage it into, into more than that? Yeah, I think um, we had a guy helping us out who was a walk-on kicker at Wazoo um, at O'Day. He was helping us out at O'Day, um, and he had that experience, and I remember 
you know, once I started getting the hang of turning the ball over, um, he just said, if you can do that every time, you'll be able to punt pretty much anywhere. Uh, it's just being able to do it every time. And so, you know, it, it was never something I thought about or it was just kind of focusing on getting better as a punter and, and feeling it out. And I just wanted to fake it every time, if I'm being honest. Uh, that was my mindset, um, being a receiver. Uh, but no, it's it's a craft, it's an art, and it's been super fun for me to try to kind of hone in and, and learn myself. You have free reign to take off if you want? Definitely not. Um, definitely not. No. Have you I seen some open lanes where Yes, it's, I'd say the toughest is when you're looking back at film and, and you see, oh, if I would have just kind of looked, took my head up for a second, you could have seen it. But the risk of doing that and then not getting it is way too high to just say whatever. But yeah, maybe we'll see. Much into rolling out and doing the rugby style kicking. Yeah, so yeah, it's very hard, and I have the utmost respect for all the Aussies that do it so effortlessly and make it look like it's a natural motion. It's not a natural motion. It's a very tricky kind of thing to do. But you know, being around Joel Whitford, obviously the last punter here, who I give so much credit to and teaching me the ways of punting. Um, there's there's certain aspects of it that are really helpful at this level being that, you know, it gives extra time for the gunners to get down and all that stuff, but it's a tricky punt and those guys make it look easy, but it's definitely not. Golfer, are you in what's your favorite course? Oh man, I'm a scratch golfer. I got down to a plus two this summer. I was playing really good, um, really well, excuse me. And my favorite course has got to be Sandpoint, which is where I grew up playing or St. Andrews. That was beautiful. I shot 75 at St. Andrews when I was like 11, I think. So that was pretty special for me. I'm wondering how, you know, being coming on this, this team, like you mentioned, being a walk-on, having to kind of find your role, and now you're a leader with this group and seem to have a real voice in this locker room. How did you kind of develop your voice over time to where it is now? Yeah, great question. Uh, I toil with that every day, you know, because I think you can grow as a leader every day, whether that's one interaction in the locker room or, you know, saying something to someone at practice that gets them in the right mindset. But I mean, look at the teams I've been on. I, I've been so lucky to come in when I came in at 2016 and get to watch that Peach Bowl team do what they did. And guys like Keyshawn Bieria um, come to mind. Um, Miles Gaskin, obviously, Jake Brown and guys like that who are just like born leaders, you know, they started five years old <clears throat> playing and you know they were the leaders on their team. And so just trying to take notes from guys like that um, and then put it all together into kind of my own my own little mixing pot of leadership. That's kind of what I've been trying to do over the last year um, as I stepped into that role on this team. Um, obviously, all the stuff that Coach Pete taught us has been unbelievably valuable. And then getting to mix that with Coach Lake, you guys know, obviously, they have a little bit of a different um, style and how they kind of go about things. So just kind of molding all of that stuff together is, is what I try to do. You still tight with Miles? Oh, yeah. Best friends. We talked yesterday. Um, I was giving a little crap for his drop passes on uh, Sunday. So, yeah, we're best friends. We're always uh, always talking, always pushing each other. In the offseason, we're definitely going to be working together. Um, it's my big bro. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate him and how much he's pushed me. Can you tell us your best Miles Gaskin story? My best Miles Gaskin story. <sighs> yeah, I'll... Uh, I won't go. There's some off the field Miles Gaskin stories that I could share or couldn't share, maybe. Uh, but my favorite Miles Gaskin story, I think the moment that I respect him more than any other moment I can think of was 
um, leading up to the Peach Bowl, we were in the locker room and I was a freshman. I was just kind of sitting there admiring everything going on. I wasn't thinking about, you know, playing a game or anything like that. And we're getting ready to go out right before um, the game and everyone was kind of giving their speeches and all this stuff. And we were playing Alabama, obviously, which is, you know, you think about them being a powerhouse and, and intimidating to a certain extent. Um, and I just remember Miles kind of came to the middle and all he said was, nobody said it has to be close. And just kind of that mindset, him saying that kind of flipped the way I look at things, you know, like in all this, all this kind of big moment and all this stuff, his mindset is just the same, like, let's go out there, win, doesn't have to be close. And I think that was like, that really like showed me his true character and, and the kind of competitor that he is. So that's, that's the one that comes to mind. Race, the season you're having right now, I think you're maybe eighth in the country in punting average. What do you attribute that to in terms of work you've put in or help you've gotten from people on the outside? I mean, what, is, what do you attribute the success that you're having to right now? Yeah, um, you know, I, I'd say I spent the last year really, really diving into the mental side of, you know, the game. Um, you know, there's mechanics, technique, you can go so far with that, but at a certain point, you got to take another jump. And I'd say it's that mindset. Um, just reading a bunch of different books on it, all that stuff. And then, you know, leading up to the season, I didn't have any goals, you know, specific to how many yards I want to punt the ball every time or anything like that. I try to stay away from the numbers. My goal was to be the best player on the team. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, it sounds funny having a punter say that, but the mindset that I have is if everyone can step on the field every day trying to be the best player on the football team and you got a bunch of guys with that mindset, you do some special things. So um, it's just that mental side, being nails, tough, and trying to be the best that I can be every day and getting better every day. Um, but, yeah, that was the goal. The Ray Guy Award is obviously, like, that's what the punters want to go get, and so that was my mindset. Let's go get that. What did, what did you read? Um, I've man, the inner game of tennis, um, was the first one I read, which is really good. Um, super easy for me to connect to a lot of that stuff. Uh, being a golfer background, all about tempo and kind of just doing things with the mind rather than the body. Um, and then not doing things, just letting it happen. Um, that was a really good one. Um, here and now by Thich Nhat Hanh, um, which is more along the Buddhist study lines. Um, I was watching The Last Dance and saw Phil Jackson talking a bunch about that. And so I, I kind of started getting into that present moment stuff and that's been super valuable. The latest couple books I've read were Inner Excellence, which is awesome. And then Winning by Tim Grover, who was uh, Michael Jordan's guy. That one's, that one's awesome. But committing to that stuff has been all the difference in the world. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you get to work out with Michael Dixon last summer? And just what is that relationship if there is one? Yeah, I did. That was super awesome. So come back to Joel Whitford, obviously. He's buddies with him. They uh, they knew each other back in Australia. And so he just had him out. Uh, we kicked over at the East Field um, last summer. And... It was awesome. I got him some gear from my brand, which was super cool. So aside from that, but the dude is unreal. He just turns every ball over. I remember... The, the cool thing about that was going into that session in my head, he was just completely different. Like I would never consider myself even close to that. And afterwards I was a little bit more motivated just cause I was like, okay, my best ball is the same as his best ball, but his best ball is every time he kicks it. So now we just got to get more consistent and 
more than anything that that session just motivated me it's been a blast to see him do what he's doing in the league and just kind of what he's doing for the the punters altogether being an athlete and, and doing things with the ball that people don't usually do so I've got the utmost respect for him and hopefully I'm going against him here in a, in a little bit Race, I mean, you just alluded to it, but you obviously have the clothing brand and you're punting very well right now. Do you want to punt professionally or just what do you see your future as being when you win? Absolutely, yeah. I think if the opportunity comes up, that's my goal. Um, kind of along, along those lines, the books that I've been reading talk about, you know, finding your motivating factors. And, and I think one of my motivating factors is trying to push the limit of what I thought was capable f for myself, you know, as an athlete. And so growing up playing sports, you always want to play at the highest level you can possibly play at. And right now that that is looking like the NFL for me. And so I would love to, if I get the opportunity, um, I'll try to make the most of it. And that's the dream. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious too, like when a, when a play goes haywire, like in that Oregon State game, what is the thought process? Is there a moment of of panic of oh, oh crap or just like what what's the thought process when something goes awry and you have to fix it yeah so funny that it was Oregon State two years in a row I'd say the thought process last year was just try to make something out of this play it wasn't your fault you know not not much worse can happen worse happened um but this year I, since it actually went through my hands i think my fight or flight kicked in and it was like you dropped this ball so you're gonna get this ball off like there's no way around it um try to stay as calm as possible trust that instinct and and just feel it out and you gotta understand like when you're in that position one person's gonna be coming pretty hard and so i think the mindset for me when i turn around is just juke that one guy and then you'll be able to have time to get the ball off and so you just got to locate that guy get around him and then i don't know how the ball squeaked through there in the middle but not a whole lot of thoughts going through your head uh, in a situation like that kind of just survival instincts kick in all right Gentlemen. What's up? You had Asa playing next to Alex in safety. Just what did you see from him in the last game? What have I seen much from him? Uh, just, you know, him taking the role of being a starter. Uh, you know, Cam was out and uh, he stepped up, and then we always say it's next man up. But he's doing a good job, and AC's doing a good job, and it's a good tandem together right there. Uh, you guys have obviously, as an entire defense, struggled at times in run defense. And I know that the DBs are considered to be more, uh, you know, responsible for, for the pass. But what can you guys do as a group to be more of a force in run defense? Just overemphasizing it. You get what you emphasize. Um, and then this week is just about stopping a run. I mean, I believe that every week. But this, this week is for sure about that, stopping a run and then making these guys pass the ball. So that's our thing is basically coming up with a better scheme to make sure we stop the run. And then here we go. Now, now it's time to put the ball in there. How much of a difference maker is Buki been with the run game? Because it seems like he's been one of the main guys you can kind of send at the blitzing corner at the next. Yeah, he's, been, he's, a, he's been a really good blitzer for us. Um, so sometimes we'll send him. And um, but yeah, he's been a good guy for us in the box. Then again, we also go to base and have you know heavier guys in there. But I mean, it's just change up. You mentioned the scheme. I'm wondering with your safeties, it seems like this, those safeties are, are pretty deep a lot of the time. Is there tweaking that needs to be done to more emphasize? 
them dropping into the box and stopping the run, or is that something that you guys have been trying to do? Oh, yeah, we're about to. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, with Cam as well, I know that we haven't seen him in a couple of weeks, but I'm just curious, um, outside of the injury stuff, but just what has the, the progression been like for him? It's been good. I mean, i got some guys that's got starts under their belt, and um, he'll be back, and so we're excited about that, and then here we go. He's got a guys that can play in that back end on both strong safety and free safety. I'm wondering if you've gone through a season like this before, maybe while you were playing or during your coaching career, Oof. but it's just the fact that, you know, you feel like maybe some of the problems on defense aren't necessarily your guys' fault or whatever, but like, is there something that's clicked before that's helped you guys to fix the problem while you were playing or coaching? Uh, I think it's one thing I always remember is just the restart button. It's going to find out what the true problem is and then go and fix it. Just like you guys said, hey, okay, if we're talking about stopping a run, how are we going to stop the run? What schematically are we going to do? If you say, like, okay, you look at it, are, are the safeties more in the run fit? Then here we go. But uh, I think it's more so just setting the, re like the reset button and then it's basically back to work and then going to the drawing board. Difficult is that to go through all preseason, try and do one thing, and then you hit the season and it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things like that, right? <laughs> Sometimes things just don't work, and then you just got to find what does. And I think what also you have to find out is your personnel, what works best with your personnel that you have out there. You guys seen that we had injuries with not having Zion and things like that. It changes things up personnel-wise too as well. And now he's back, so it's different. <laughs> You know that's important for the DBs. I mean, we get hits on the quarterback. That's where we get tips and picks and overthrows. Coach, we haven't seen as many turnovers this year as we have in the past. How do you balance, you know, because I'm sure the guys are thinking about getting more turnovers. Oh, yeah. How do you balance that, you know, the risk versus, you know, what can happen, you know, by uh, taking gambles to get those turnovers? I, I believe we, we create them. I think great defenses create turnovers, and that's what we're overemphasizing this week is we got to go create these turnovers. If they want to run the ball, we got to create it with our physical play and also trying to get the ball out by peanut punches or strips. And then once they do put the ball in there, it's about attacking it. It's attacking the ball, and it's either ours or nobody's when it comes down to that point of it. But I think that's the thing right now is just we're overemphasizing that if we want to change the game, we got to change it by creating these turnovers. And as you guys seen in the, in the Cal game, that was the big deciding factor on the one-yard line. We see Tyler in the games and some practices, and he's one of the best athletes I've ever seen through. Oh, yeah. Can you give us a moment where you kind of realized, okay, he's kind of a freak, he's kind of different? Well, for me personally, when I got here, it's when he did a backflip off of one, just one step. But, I mean, the Cal game for everybody, as you guys know, we practice that all, I mean, literally every day. But for him to go up and snatch that ball and get two feet in bounds, I was like, okay, that's impressive right there. That's one of my favorite plays. But I knew right away when I saw him come on campus his freshman year and did a backflip off his one foot. Where have you seen the most growth in him in his game? I think just coming up and watching tape and technique-wise. So obviously, Kyler's a great athlete, right? And, you know, it's coming down to we teach a lot of techniques. A lot as Our defense is very complex and just coming in and understanding what we're trying to do schematically and technique-wise. And I think that's where he's definitely taking his game to another level of just coming up watching a ton of tape. You've got a reputation of producing DBs out of here. And when you look out and see some of the guys, it's pretty obvious that Jacoby Covington's got a chance to be next. Yeah, I think everybody in that room does, and I, and I want them to believe that as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited about him. I'm excited about everybody in that room. It's just about the growth and um, understanding what it takes 
because we always talk about we don't want to be average. We don't want to just be an average DB group. We want to be the best DB group in the country, not in just in the country. I'm talking about NFL and college football as well. So in order for us to do that is we got standard. It's, it's, our standards is, like we say it all the time, standards over feelings. And we have a standard in our room, and we're either going to be held up to those standards or we're not, and then you're not going to be playing. But every guy in our room is, is literally taking that step necessary to make sure that we're upholding those standards. I think also what Washington, I mean, it's going to, all our guys, when it comes back down to it, if you watch them, like you can tell right away that it's always going to come back to situational football, understanding what uh, offense is trying to do against us, and then them understanding what technique they have on those calls. And I think for us, it's always about watching a ton of tape. And it started back when Jimmy had all those guys with Buddha, Sydney, and Kevin, all those guys, and it just trickles down. And then he passed the torch, and it's, that's how we're going to keep that thing rolling and watching a ton of tape. And so that's Mish, that's Kyler, that's, that's Buki, that's, I mean, uh, Jacoby. That's all our guys in our room. <clears throat> well, when I think back on really great corners in the college game, it, it seems like once they kind of build a reputation, the ball stays away from them. And oh, I know yeah. Trent McDuffie hasn't had a chance to make a ton of plays this year. It doesn't seem like it's, it's been in his direction. How can he still influence the game when the ball might not be coming his way? I think also anytime it's a run towards his way in that way of being a physical player of that. But, I mean, just doing his job, I think at the end of the day, um, it's 11 guys out there, and as long as he controls his 20 square feet of it and he just does his job, he's going to impact it that way. But also, as we know, um, Trent is one of our leaders on our team. And so being a vocal leader, I think that'll be one of the ways he can definitely make an impact and understanding, you know, certain things is going on and he's the positive guy out there. And sometimes things don't go our way, but obviously uh, Trent is one of the guys that is making sure that we're always, you know, fighting towards our goal and it's not over until, you know, the last whistle in the fourth quarter. What makes Stanley Berryhill so good for Arizona? Seems like their best I think he's a dynamic player. Um, they will line him up all over the field. Um, I think one thing that makes him special is he's uh, a gadget guy. And not only that, he can also run really good crisp routes. So I'm excited for our guys. It's going to be a good challenge. I'm excited about this one. That's their, that's their, that's their heartbeat right there. Thank you. How are you guys doing today? All well. <clears throat> so since the last time we talked to you, you announced a few NIL partnerships. Just what would, talk about what was your approach when you guys were able to start taking advantage of NIL deals? What was your personal approach? Uh, my first initial reaction to it was make sure you keep the main thing the main thing. In, in college football, I know things are changing and uh, different variables are being added. But if you don't take care of your football responsibilities, then NIL doesn't matter at all. So I definitely told myself, just make sure you take care of what you have to take care of first. Once you take care of that, okay, if that comes in your direction, then you can pursue it. But main thing, main thing. I'm, I'm curious. I, th I think looking back, you might have lost like one game in high school. Um, have, have you ever lost four games in a season before this? Uh. I really don't think so. In high school, I don't believe I have. College, no. No, sir. No, sir. I have not. So, 
how do you, and it's tough for everyone, I'm sure. Yes, how sir. do you kind of wrestle with the realization of that when you're in it right now? Uh, learning experiences, uh, growing, growth in general, uh, identifying what you did wrong, uh, ownership. Uh, it, it's all adverse situations for sure, but it's, it's, it's identifying who you are, I think. I, I, I like, I'll say nobody likes losing, period. Losing is not in a winner's spirit, but what you, you learn a lot about yourself and you, and you learn a lot about your team, who, who, the guys that you have with you in these times because you get to identify and really look yourself in the mirror and, and really see who's gonna go back to work. So that's what I learned from with the, with the situation that we're in right now. Now that you've been here a while. Yes, sir. Can you really tell the difference between Big 12 football and Pac-12 football? Is there anything that really jumps out at you? Uh, in, in game, there's not, football is football. There's not really a difference. Uh, the, the players, there's not really a difference. Um, football is football. I, I wouldn't say there's too big of a difference between Pac-12 and Big 12. No, sir. What do you think you have learned over this adverse time? In, in general? Football? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about you know, learning process. Oh, what did I learn? Okay. Yeah. What did I learn? Okay. In these type of situations, the leaders have to step up, and we have to make sure that we're giving the, the, the physical presentation, meaning that our young guys are looking at us. So we have to make sure that we have our chins up, chest out, and we continue to go forward. So in, regardless of how hard that is to do, you know, even, even though it's hard to actually be that guy, and I was talking to uh, Demo about it before, it's hard to be that guy at all times, but when you're, in, when you're put in certain positions, this is who you are now. So you have to rise to the occasion. You have to stand up for your brothers. So really just identifying, like I said, who you are and now rising to that. That's what I would probably say I learned. You really spoke with Demo? Yes, sir. What would you guys talk about? Uh, we're, we're, he's two, two lockers over, so we just talk all the time. They talk every day. But um, we, just, we just talk about anything, just, just being leaders. Um, what type of leader we need to be, being servant leaders. We can't just be a person that's pointing and, and telling guys what to do all the time. You need to actually show. We need to, we need to be doers. So we, t we talk about every single day. That's my guy. That's my brother. What's his mindset like right now? I mean, it's probably not the start you guys wanted. You said, what is his mindset? What, what is he thinking? What has he told you? Uh, we're just focused right now. We don't want to shift our focus. It's It's... Once we have a, a game, win or loss, okay, we'll, we'll watch it on tape. We'll correct what we have to correct. But once that's over, we shut the door and get to a new game plan. So this week we've just talked about little things about Arizona, what he's going to be able to take and give, and vice versa, what I'm going to be able to take and give. You guys have struggled somewhat in, in close games and one-score games this season. I know you've won a lot of those at Oklahoma and before that. How do you learn to do that, or how do you teach that in terms of being able to close, being able to finish football games. Um, I think I think we do we do a great job of, of of saying the same. It's it's you just have to keep swinging. We we all say it. Everybody says the same thing when, when it comes down to a fourth quarter ball game. It's you just got to keep swinging, keep swinging, keep swinging, and and that has to be the mentality. And that I feel like that is the mentality when you watch when you watch those games on tape, all the games that we have actually lost this year. We fight to the end, regardless of situation, regardless of point difference. We fight till zero, zero, zero. Even the game that I was not even in, they fought to the end. That, that is for sure on this defense. We fight to the finish. And I believe that wholeheartedly. 
With the amount of DBs that Washington's produced and put into the NFL. Yes, sir. Coming here from outside. Yes. Is there a secret sauce or what is it? <laughs> secret sauce? Uh, Jimmy Lake. He's, he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He, he understands what DBs, just the position that they need to be in, the, just how it works. And then it goes to Will Harris. Will Harris to TB. TB to Colin Lockett. Lockett to us. Like we all, we work so, we, they work very diligent without us. And then when they bring the scouting report, when they bring, when we walk into the meeting room and we see our menu, everything is there for us. So all we have to do is just look at what we need to see, see our keys, and then execute what they just wrote on the board for us on the field. So we, we appreciate as DBs our coaches' preparation. Is there anything that you see that, you know, we've heard from numerous scouts that yeah. Washington DBs are more prepared for the NFL? Bingo. What is Bingo. Um, I think Coach Lake and Coach Harris and all of our guys I just mentioned, they do a great job of just letting us know what we're going to get, what, what we're going to see, what type of situations we'll get, and always having an answer for us, shoulder leverage-wise, where we, where we need to attack, where my eyes need to be. Just Everything is just so detailed that you have a visual of it. They have I mean, you can name, you just named uh, five guys that have been in the program. So we can turn on any one of those guys' film, and I have a visual for it. But overall, our coaches just prepare us very well. They're very diligent in their job, and uh, we're appreciative of it. Will was up here to, saying that you guys are emphasizing stopping the run this yes. week. It's, it's been an issue. That's not always a, a DB issue, but uh, what do you guys think you can do on, on the back end? Oh, uh, we're, we're all in. We're a def as a defense, we're... That's a problem of ours, too. We're DBs are on the field as well. So we need to be in the boxes more. We, we can step up more in that area as well. Uh, gator tackling, making sure our eye leverage is our eye control is correct, our shoulder leverage is, is proper. Uh, that's, that's on us, too. That's on us, too. That's, like I said, that's an identification thing. That's an ownership thing. As a defense, we all need to step up. Like Coach Lake said, we all need to invest 1% more. Everybody, the whole staff, the whole room, everybody needs to invest 1% more. When you were out versus Oregon State, yes, sir. Uh, how are you still involved on the sideline? And I mean, when's the last time you've been injured and just what have you done in those situations? Uh, Oregon State week. So really, uh, the only way that I can contribute was just from the outskirts, from the outside on the sideline. But anytime that I would just see anything. When you're actually not in practices, you get to see everything. And you get to see things that you normally don't get to see when you're in practice yourself. So I will see the ones go, the twos go, the threes go. And I could just talk to everybody when they come off. What did you see? What did you expect? What did you get? You know, things like that. And it actually helped me. So when I got back, I was able to have the fluid thoughts as well as if I never left. But um, uh, I drove down to the game. Uh, Oregon State was a very intense game, good, good, good stadium uh, atmosphere. Uh, how did I contribute, though? I would say just making sure our guys just are there energy-wise. I want to always make sure that I bring the energy to the to my peers, just to make sure that on field we know we have each other. And and the whole time that I was out there, Oregon State week, even though I was not on that field, I wanted to produce the same energy as if I was on the field. That almost make it feel like a coaching role in a way. I would never say that. I wouldn't say I'm. I'm still a peer. I'm still a player. I'm still. I'm still uh, one of the guys in the locker room. So I would never say I'm anything like that. No, sir.
mentioned you as one guy who can really come off and blitz off the edge is that blitzing corner. Just how much pride do you take in that aspect of your game? Oh, I take a lot of pride in blitzing. I feel as if I, I'm able to really put that on tape this year. Uh, I've had, I believe I only had one sack my junior year. Uh, it was the first game of the season. Came off the edge. I had a little sack. Uh, it was that junior year, I believe. It was at Missouri, I believe, my junior year. But um, this year, I'm actually coming off the edge a lot more. And I get to show and add little things to my uh, to my eye control of what I'm looking at when I'm blitzing. So uh, I take a lot of pride in blitzing, for sure. What does it feel like? You got you got a pretty big hit last week that yes. forced the completion. When yes. you know you get it in the sweet spot like yes. that, what, what does that feel like as a DB? It feels good, but really... <laughs> Uh, before we came out of the locker room um, in that game from halftime, I was kind of talking to myself. I was, my guys were seeing me. I was, I was kind of like walking by my, uh, by my locker, and I kept speaking aloud what I wanted from myself. Uh, I was speaking aloud what I need to do, and I was telling myself, Buki, you need to change the game. Do something to make an input to change this game, and, and you need to be violent. You need to be violent at the point of attack. You need to make solidified tackles. You need to change this game, be an energy spark to this game. And I feel as if that play, I did it, but then I walked off to the sideline and I really was excited that two of my teammates came up to me and said, you did what you said you were going to do. I was very excited about that because I, I, I say I was speaking something, I was manifesting something, and it actually took place how I saw it was going to happen. So I was, I was happy about myself for that. Who was it that came up to you? I know, it's probably I know for sure it was Voy. Voy came up for sure. I don't know who he was with. <laughs> yeah, it was Voy. On Boyd, um, I'm curious, like, he burned his red shirt in the last game. I mean, he's, he's all in this year mm -hmm. as a true freshman. Yes. Coach Lake says Baller. he's got a maturity level that yes. you don't see out of much 18-year-olds. Yes. Boyd, Boyd's a guy, he's very understanding. He, he knows the magnitude, the seriousness of, of high-level football, high-level of defense. You know, so when you speak to him, you don't think that he's as young as he is. You know, the same conversations that me and Ryan Bowman have. Rhino's played a lot of football around here. He, he's, he's our big dog. So when, when me and Rhino talk football and I speak football with Voy, there's no drop-off. The same terminology that I can use with Rhino, Voy understands it. And that's, that's, that's pretty impressive being a young guy in the program. Yes, sir. You have a practice at a day like today. I'm sorry? It's being out a practice on a day like yes, today sir. where it's not great, going down to Arizona where it's going to be in the 80s. Oh, weather-wise, yeah. <laughs> is there a difference? Do you prefer one over the other? Football is football. Line it up, drop the ball, whatever weather, whatever. Drop the ball, play football. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.